This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. This week's guest is Amira Alvarez, and Amira is the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping entrepreneurs, empire builders, and rising stars in all fields achieve their dreams and goals in record time. As someone who has made a quantum leap, going from barely making six figures to making over 700K in one year, then on to seven figures, and has lived to tell about it, She knows exactly what tactical strategies and mindset shifts are required to get out of your own way, live life on your own terms, and master the art of achieving any goal you set your mind to. Amira is proud to have helped thousands of women, and a good amount of men too, confidently break free of limitations and be unstoppable in pursuit of a life they are proud to have lived. When she's not helping others, she's continuing to say yes onto her own growth and stays 100% committed to being unstoppable in her own life and business. So Amira, welcome to the show. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. So talk to us about this idea for an unstoppable woman, how you got there and how you've really just, you know, changed your life as well as changed the life of others. Sure. So the concept behind this is that as a ambitious person, always been ambitious, always had sort of high goals for myself, um, was a goal setter, if you will. I realized that I wasn't getting the kind of results that I wanted to, wasn't for lack of, you know, education or trying or my environment. I could, I could, you know, remove those things from the equation. So what was stopping me? That was the question that was in front of me. And I didn't actually know. I didn't know what that was and I went on a really deep investigation using myself as the guinea pig as to why some people had exponential success and some of us sort of plateaued and got you know did all right doing fine but didn't really have this sort of what we were put on this earth meant to be stepping into our greatness actualizing our potential that kind of life what was stopping me and others from that and that was the origin. That was the, the beginning of the unstoppable woman. Because what I have found in the process of evaluating that is that there are a thousand and one things under the rubric of fear that stop us from moving forward. And they come couched in incredibly reasonable, rational ways of looking at the world that keep us at the same level. So. The idea of being unstoppable is not just unstoppable results or unstoppable saying yes to what you want and going for more and achieving more, but unstoppable in the way that you look at the world so that you keep unveiling what's holding you back so that you can get to the next level much more rapidly than you ever could before. So talk about it. So I think a lot of it is is rooted in fear, right? We're fear of what others are going to think. We're fearful of our parents. We're fearful, you know, ultimately of ourselves and our true potential. Talk to us about fear and about how you get there and and move to that next level. 
Yeah, so I think there's two things to realize here, that we are, as human beings, driven by two things. The, our pleasure, desire, where we're going, what we want, and to move away from pain, the things that feel uncomfortable, hurt us, all of that. So if the thing that we have to do to achieve what we want, get to that place of pleasure, is mapped in our mind to some sort of pain or discomfort, some sort of fear that we're going to be judged, that we're going to be rejected, that we're going to be um, ridiculed, that we're going to disappoint ourselves and the pain of disappointment is going to be too big for us. There's any number of really deeply seated fears. If, those, if that pain is bigger than the desire, we won't actually do the thing that we need to do, much less see where we actually stop. Okay, so most reasonably cognizant folks understand what they have to do to get from point A to point B. Running a marathon, you have to train at a different level, right? Like there's, there are steps. In business, it's the same way. There are things that you have to do. Why do we not do those if we know that we need to and we come up with all these excuses and alibis? So fear is really the, this core um, thing that holds us back that as our witness perspective, we can see it and we can say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fall prey to that. But our upbringing and our paradigms and our belief structures are what we see the world through. And that will, if we don't have the methodology to unpack that and really see it for what it is, will keep us stuck saying, I'm not going to go for this because the pain is too too big. We, we believe that the pain will be too big. Does that make sense? It does, right. You know, and I think pain is, you know, I think pain and fear drive more people to either success or lack of success, right? I think it can be used from two different ways and how you leverage it is probably the more important piece. Absolutely. I mean, there's the, the whole concept of like turning your pain into your gain that like David Goggins, you know, you can't hurt me. Philosophy. Right. And, and I think we can do that with, uh, every, you know, we can really maximize the things that we're, you know, moving away from. When I ran that marathon that I told you about, um, like in my head, I had a story of my upbringing and who I was told I was, which was not an athlete, right? Like the whole, um, uh, my role in the family was this, and it was not athlete, okay? And in my head, I kept saying, you can't, you don't own me, right? And I had this just like every step. I'm like, you don't own me, you don't own me, you don't own me. And I used that to get me through what, what was seemingly an impossible task for me, which was going from being non-athletic at all uh, to running a marathon in a very short period of time. Um, and and to, to use that as a metaphor for, for your audience who's very into athletics, I think, that might seem like, oh, well, that's easy, no big deal, right? Like, I, we just, we go for our goals, but translate that. If there's some place in your life where you aren't excelling, it's hard. Maybe it's making sales calls. Maybe it's um, putting yourself out there. Maybe it's pitching your, your screenplay or um, showing up for a audition or asking for a raise or, um, you know, like people want to write the next New York Times bestseller, but they're 
stuck in a job that they feel trapped in? Like, how do you do the things that you feel called to do that you don't necessarily, um, that, they, that feel impossible to you based on your past experience? No, and I think that is huge, right? So give us some, give us some sort of tactics and how to overcome that, right? Is to really, to overcome that fear, to understand. I think number one, it's probably to understand your fears first, right? Is really understand what you're fearful of, but maybe not. And number two is how do you, how do you move forward from that? Yeah. So I take my clients through a whole process around this. I, I'm going to do the beginning parts kind of very quickly, just so people have a sense of what it takes and then get into the, the thinking, the mindset piece. Perfect. More detail. So first of all, you have to really know what you want. Okay. I call this the freedom equation, by the way. Like this is how you get to like your personal freedom. So you have to know what you want, okay? And that has to be a big juicy goal, okay? You can't have, weak goals get weak results, okay? Reasonable, like reasonable expectations get reasonable results, okay? If you really want that exponential next level growth, you have to, to think about what you truly want, not whether it's possible. That's the first place that people I can't want that. How the heck would I do it? You don't have to know how in the beginning. Okay. Just want what you want. So that's a whole unpacking because most people have been taught to deny their true desires and what they really want. You know, and get hurt, all, all sorts of things. What, you know, people might laugh at you, all of that. Then you have to be realistic. Step two, be realistic about where you are now. Okay. What I see people doing is a version of either thinking they're further ahead or thinking they're further behind, but not being really accurate about where you are. But if we get clear about where you are, then we have a starting point and an end point, which is like any good map, right? You need to know where you're starting and where you're going. You have to, you know, that's how a GPS works, right? And so, so once you know that, then you can start mapping the steps in the plan not that challenging there's some brainstorming that happens there the, the ideas start coming in you can start playing it out you start feeling pretty good about it at that point you start having some inspiration like oh maybe i can do this this is awesome and then all the fear comes up okay i call that the terror barrier it's when the new idea is confronted with the old paradigm or the old belief structure that says that's impossible and you're like, it's like oil and water, apples and oranges, like it doesn't mesh and you get anxiety and all the negative thinking and all this sort of denial, um, asking you, convincing you to run in the opposite direction and turn around, okay? Now, it doesn't look like running in the opposite direction. It looks like a very reasonable thing that you will agree with, like, you know what? I need more time to do that you know what, my family really needs this right now. I need to concentrate on that. Um, my job is requiring X, Y, Z, and I need to focus on that before I do this. I need this training before I do this, right? It, it, these, are, these are not um, unreasonable things to, to say to yourself, except they are alibis and excuses for not doing what you wanna do, okay? They don't get you the results that you want. And there's always, always a way to do and more, both, okay? So that's where most people get into the, the, the they get mired in the stuff, 
right? Right. It's easy to say, oh, I'm going to go run this marathon until the first rainy day. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to train today, right? It's, it's, you know, and then all of a sudden that's the end of that goal. Right. And two days in a row, done. Done. Right? Okay. So the, the, the thing that I help people with, well, there's lots of things I help people with, but right now what I want to share with you is this concept of that your greatest power is your power to choose, okay, choice. As a human being, we have a conscious mind and consciously we're able to choose how we think about the experiences that we're having. Now, 99.9% of the time, we're on autopilot about that, okay? Our subconscious beliefs are telling our conscious mind how to think about all the experiences we're having. The rainy day outside, the, the workload, the time issue, the nutrition issue, whatever it is. That's an outside experience that we're having, that we're taking into our, ourselves through our senses. And our subconscious is telling us how to think about that. So we think we have conscious control, but we're really run on autopilot. And the, the, the power lies in interrupting that pattern and choosing something in the moment different. Okay. Let me pause there. Did that make sense? Yeah. So give us an example. Let's use your, it's, the, it's a rainy day and I shouldn't go out and train. Okay. Perfect. So, um, how have you been thinking about rain and being outside? Right. I mean, this is really a mundane thing. Okay. Right. It's like, it's not okay to get wet. Maybe for me, it's like, I don't want to have to do my hair. Right. Like <laughs> I had that story. Okay. It's cold. I'm going to get sick. It's coronavirus. It's everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. I could do it later. You know what? I'm going to check my phone. It says it's going to be sunny later. Like that's fine. It's okay. You don't have to do it every day. You know, like you can make it up later this week. That was one that I heard myself say a thousand and one times. You can make it up later yeah, this week. Yeah, good luck on that one. Yeah. And, and so, and, and in that moment, you have to ask yourself, what do you want more? Okay. What, what does this mean that I'm making an excuse right now? Okay. And, and it is, it, it, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. It is an excuse. It is an alibi. It is a story that you're telling yourself to rationalize not doing something. Okay. So what if I was someone who actually did it? What if I was someone who was a hundred percent committed, right? What if I was someone who was accountable? Okay. Ouch. Right? Like there's a little bit of a, oh, okay. And, and, and then you, you start visualizing the person that you want to be. Who do you actually want to be? And does this choice that you're making here line up with both the person you want to be and the results that you want to get? No, and that's huge. And I think a lot of people, like you were saying, they don't have that vision, right? I think, or they may have the vision early on and they get stuck in career and kids and wives and money and houses and what all that stuff right or it could be you know it could be something else and i think that's you know you, you've nailed the 
you know, you've nailed it on the head. And I think a lot of people, you know, I know guys my age in their mid forties, you know, from thirties to fifties that sort of get lost, that get lost along the way. And where are you going to go and how are you going to do it? I think there's a lot of people just, they forget what their vision was and then they lose, they lose track and they become the person they never thought they would become. Yeah. And I think that the story that comes up, this is what I hear a lot, and, and I'd love your insight on this, but what I hear from men a lot, because I do work with men, is the like, I need to put my family first. Um, I like the, the everything comes after that, um, all sorts of things, as if going after your goals, and here's where the lie is, okay, that people, don't see as if going after your goals is going to hurt your family. Correct. It's going to take away something from your family as if it's not going to be additive to everyone's well-being. Well, and, and everyone sees it's so true because that is actually, it's just the opposite, right? It's going to give to their well-being. If you're doing well, you're thinking, well, your family's going to be doing well, right? Versus going to some shitty job that you hate every day that you come home and start drinking scotch and watching football games. That's not doing anything for your family at all. And like you said, it's some lie that you're telling yourself that that's what it is versus say you went to work, you come home and like, all right, Hey, I'm, I'm going to come be present for my family, for my kids for dinner. But by seven or eight o'clock when they're already in bed and doing homework, here, that's the opportunity for you to go do what you need to do or at five in the morning or whenever, whenever it works, right? And I think a lot of it is just convenient excuses um, versus not. Absolutely. And the thing that the, the tough love, but also the, the sort of unlocking the secret kind of piece is taking 100% responsibility for your results. So the man who says, I am not writing the next New York Times bestseller. I am not risking um, going to a new job that lights me up because maybe it won't be as stable, right? Or I'm not going to train for that race. Whatever it is that they, they really want to do or they have an inkling that they want to do, but they're saying, I'm not going to do that because I can't risk it for my family or that's going to take, that is not taking personal responsibility for your life and your results. You're actually blaming your family. And quite frankly, that's not okay, right? And, and peop most people don't look at it that way. They look at it as helping their family or saving their family or, or doing something valuable for their family. But really, they're creating a blame victim cycle and it's, it's dysfunctional and unhealthy and keeps everyone in resentment and not actually thriving in their lives. No. And one thing I always say to people too, it's if you have four hours to watch a Patriots game or a baseball game, you have four hours to be doing something much more constructive. It's uh, I don't care how big of a fan you are. That's just time that's being wasted. It's, it's time that you are taking away from your family. It's time you're taking away from your health. It's time you're taking away from your potential making money. Um, and, and like you said, it's, it's that accountability, right? It's, the accountability of, oh, I don't, yeah. And then they say, I don't have time for this or I don't have time for that. And the, the biggest yes. thing is, and especially in today's world, 90% of people have more time than they know what to do with. So take advantage of it. And you know what's interesting that I'm seeing in this um, 
COVID-19 phase of life that we're in right now is that a lot of people have a lot more time on their hands right now, but the projects that they really want to get done are still not getting done, right? right. Still not activating towards that. So that you have to look at the results there, like look at the facts on the ground. That doesn't mean that time is the issue. It means that urgency and desire is the issue. You don't want it badly enough, okay, to move beyond the fear, okay? So it's both not wanting it badly enough, not claiming it, not owning it, but also you're just letting the fear that is perhaps unconscious stop you from taking action. You know, so I hope this is a call to action for folks. So how do you, you know, how do you overcome that fear? Do you identify your fears? How do you, you know, how do you get through those fears? So fundamentally what I look for in people are double binds. So a double bind is saying you want something, but someone else or so will get hurt or something else bad will happen if you have that. So it's a no win situation. If I, if I get this, this other person that I care about or this other situation will be hurt. Okay. So, and oftentimes these are double binds that go back way to childhood. Okay. Like for me with the marathon was like, if I was the athlete and I shown, shown, shined, I don't know. Right. If, if I, if I won in that arena. You can make up any word you want in today's world. Thank you. Um, and I, if I win in that arena, my sister will get hurt. She won't be as loved and appreciated and um, seen by our parents, like a zero sum game. And she was my older sister loved her more than anybody except for my mother and father probably and didn't want her to be hurt so i couldn't go after what i desired because it would make her smaller okay or for a lot of women you can't be beautiful and smart okay like that's going to get you in trouble that's going to cause you like angst um so we already talked about doing the thing and, and family will get hurt. Usually those are really core things that people learned before the age of sort of nine, 10, when our subconscious was a big open fishbowl, just receiving everything from our environment. And we were brought up to believe certain things, parents doing the best that they could with, with what they had. But these fundamental beliefs that like, if I ask for something, um, love will be withdrawn. That's a big one that gets in, in, you know, triggered around sales or asking for a salary increase or something like that. Because when we were younger, we would ask for things. Our parents didn't know how to deal with their money issues. So they just said, like, money doesn't grow on trees and you can't, like, what do you mean? You can't have everything you want. And suddenly they cut off the love and it was no longer there. So what gets mapped, right? These are the kinds of things that need to be unpacked and seen on a very granular uh, level for each individual person. And when, you know, I, I've mentioned some common ones, but there will be very unique memories, situations that are embedded, that just drive you until they are seen and unpacked. But what happens when you unpack them and really are able to see uh, that they're not serving you and, and map a different uh, belief there, and identity and self-image it's like exponentially you're you're capable of exponential 
uh, goal achievement, which is just outstanding. It doesn't take that much to make these little tweaks. Now you have to go do the action also, but it makes it so much, like clears the way in a way that I never understood was possible until I made that giant leap going from 138 to 700k in one year. Like what, what happened there, right? And that was all about changing my belief structure. Well, and then I think a lot of people is their fear of success. They say they want something, but then they're more fearful than if they start going at that level and that speed and that pace and start making that much money. Because then at that point, it brings on a whole new world that they don't know how to handle, right? I think there's, there's probably as much fear in success as there is in failure. And that's where a lot of people get stuck in just sort of mediocrity. Absolutely. Like I, the things that I hear over and over again are, well, it's lonely at the top, right? That's a, like a classic one. That's all about fear of being alone, right? Fear right. of like people not liking you. Let me tell you, it's not lonely at the top. There are a lot of people who are awesome, wonderful, like great, warm, intelligent people, right? And, or I'm going to be overwhelmed. I hear this a lot. Like it's going to be like, I'm going to be burnt out and it's going to take too much out of me. Now there is work. Like, I'm just not going to beat around. Yeah, it's not easy. And you know, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to be successful without work, right? It's, you can't be the internet sensation that all of a sudden you do one post go viral and you're making money. It's, it's these guys that it's crazy to me that go start these Silicon Valley companies and, there's one out of a million that make it and they go write all these books and they just happen to be lucky at the right place at the right time. Right. It's, that doesn't happen. It's that's the equivalent of winning the lottery. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing. And what got them there too, excuse me, is that they worked 24 seven for seven years that no one knew about. Right. Like I talk about um, making my annual income in my monthly income. Right. I did that. In fact, I made my annual income in two days once, okay? That's true, but I didn't make that in two days without all of this work that went up to it, okay? There was a lot, and there continues to be. Now, the thing that I will say, Ken, is that when you are first getting a business or a goal off the ground, there is a lot more effort and work to get that momentum going, to get it off the ground. That was absolutely true when I was in that process, okay? But it's easier, like if, you're, if your audience is looking at a financial goal, it's easier to make a lot of money than a little money, okay? And it gets easier the, the more momentum you have. So like, think about this. What you do for a living, you make X amount of money and it takes you X amount of effort, okay? But think about how hard someone who is mining concrete, not that people don't mine concrete, but mining stone, okay, work for so much less money, okay? Now think about the person who is making more money than you, okay? And what they're doing is creating an idea and giving it to their team to execute. And it seems like no work at all, okay? Does this make sense? Oh, completely. And it was mind boggling, it was mind boggling for me because I grew up with the middle class mindset of 
earn your money, work hard for your money. If you're not kind of struggling for it, you haven't earned it, okay? And it's actually not a truth, okay? That it, it's actually, I know this sounds like magical thinking to some degree, and I wanna be very clear, it, there's effort all along the way. But when I changed how I was thinking about the effort and how I was thinking about what it took to make money, it made the effort that I need to put in to, to make the money so much easier so that it doesn't feel like work anymore. It feels easy. Okay. Does this make sense? Yeah. So bring us, can you bring us through your process, right? Use you as an example. I'd, you know, we'd love, I'm sure the audience would love to hear how someone who actually did it brought them through, you know, from where you went, from where you started to where you went. Okay, so are you looking for like how hard it was for me at the beginning and how? Yeah, just give it, you know, talk about the mindset shift, right? When you were saying, all right, I'm making X and then I want to make Y. How did, how did you gain the momentum to do that? Okay, first of all, I was making, like I said, I was making 138 a year, not chicken feed. Which is still real money. Yeah, still real money was really like content, uh, proud of myself, but wanting more. Okay, mm -hmm. so that, that's a real mindset piece to, to think about is like, you can be uh, happy, content, I'm sorry, happy, grateful, appreciative of what you have without being um, content with it. Like you need to be, you wanna be dissatisfied because you always wanna be going for more. So the first thing I had to go, get over was my guilt of wanting more, okay? Like I thought if I said, I want to make more that it meant that what I was doing right now was not good enough. And therefore I wasn't good enough. And that was a double bind in and of itself. So first I had to claim that I really did want more. So I had, I, I had a goal of making a million dollars in a year. Okay. Um, then the next thing was I needed to get help with this. I did not do this on my own. I worked with a mentor who helped me with exactly the same things that I'm talking about terms of seeing the blind spots and getting my identity lined up with who I needed to be to execute at that new level because I wasn't I was executing here and I wanted to execute here okay but I needed to be working at this level not this level who are you okay there's an identity piece um, and then fundamentally I had to learn sales okay a lot of people run screaming from the room around sales and although I had done sales previously, because obviously I was in business for myself doing sales, I had to learn a, a deeper level of it. And I really had to master it so that sales was something that I saw as a service that I was providing someone and something that I craved. It was how I helped. It was how I gave more to the world. And there's so much to that I teach a, a ton on sales because sales is what moves money okay it's it's what moves money comes through people it's not from people it's through people and the the trans transformation from it being in one person's bank account to another person's bank account is a sale okay there's always a sale i don't care if you're a nonprofit or in business for yourself or in a job you, you're selling yourself in an interview okay there's always a sale and most people have a lot of stories around sales. I don't want to be salesy. Sales is icky. It's manipulative. That's greedy, um, pushy, all sorts of things. Um, 
I, I had to deal with all the stories around that and get my head right around it and really master that skill set. Um, and then I had to value myself at a much higher level. So that meant really raising my own self-worth and seeing myself as someone who was worth a whole lot more, which meant I had to give service at a whole lot more. But the rub there is you have to value yourself more, give service at a higher level without increasing your hours that you do that in. Otherwise you're going to burn out. Okay. So that is a really deep mindset piece that you have to work through. Um, and then I had to remain persistent. Um, it, you know, it didn't happen overnight. I, I had some early wins and then, you know, there was like a little valley and I had to, I had to keep going. Um, and I got to that, to the end of that first year and I got to 700K. And Ken, I know this is going to sound entitled and pathetic, but I was disappointed because my goal was a million, okay? Like for a day or two, I cried. I was, I was like, I tried so friggin' hard. I worked my ass off. He said I could do it. How come I could do it, right? Yep. What's wrong with me? All of this stuff. And then I woke up and I was like, holy smokes, look at what you just did, right? And um, so it, it really is the, you know, shoot for the moon, land on the stars kind of philosophy. Um, and ultimately I reached that goal, but uh, there, that's a short. No, and that's it. You know, and I think one of the keys, the key takeaways from that, I think a lot of people don't do is value yourself, right? Raise your value of yourself to your clients, to the people you're selling to, to your family, to whatever. And I think so many people, myself included, minimize a lot of things that you did that are super cool that no one else could ever do in a million years. And it's crazy to, it, and it's crazy to, it's crazy to minimize that stuff. But I think a lot of people, and especially in, you know, the Puritan work ethic of most of the people in the U S especially in new England, right. It's sort of work hard, work hard, work hard. And then once you achieve success, don't tell anyone about it because then you don't want to be the one that, is you know the the chosen one i don't know if it's the chosen one but the person that's then at that point you're just bragging and it's not bragging right it's you know i love the quote it's not bragging if you can do it but it's a lot of people think that it's it is bragging and and in today's world it's really branding yourself right you have to i hate to say it but you sort of have to brag you have to be the ones that are out there because gone are the days of going to be discovered right you're not going to go sit in the right cafe in los angeles and be discovered because you're prettier or better looking than the person next to them it's all about um going out there setting goals achieving goals but not being afraid to tell people that you achieve those goals and it's not brat you know it's not bragging you don't go out and put a sign in your front yard oh i made a million dollars but you know don't be afraid to talk to people when they ask you oh how you got this or how you got to that Absolutely. I'd like to make two points on that. One, when I was going through this, I was absolutely terrified of what people would think. Okay. Like I was, I, I was living in a house in a nice Midwest neighborhood and I was across the street, a nice middle-class neighborhood, beautiful tree-lined street. And 
I started making a ton of money. And I remember I started hiring like house cleaners to come and clean the house. And I started wearing nicer clothes and I started thinking, what would my neighbor across the street think about this? They're gonna see the house cleaners come. They're gonna see the new windows we put on, the, ni the nice beautiful new uh, sconces we put in the, on in the living room, the prettier clothes that I'm wearing, that I'm getting my hair done. Like, what are they gonna think? And it stopped me. I had to like, but I had to work through it. And I remember, I mean, she didn't stop loving me or being, being my friend, but my neighbor did comment, you know, like, hey, you're awfully dressed up and hey, you got house cleaners now, right? And I had to be okay with showing up differently than my environment. And then the second piece around that is that if, if you want to help people, they have to know how you can help. So if you do something magnificent in your work life, okay, in your job, and nobody knows about it, you can't help them, okay? They can't be served by that. So it's actually an incredible service to share your successes because then if framed correctly, it can really help people. They can tap you and go, hey, can you be on this board? Hey, can you, can you help me with this? Can you, can, I have this job, would you like this? You know, right? Then it's a win for everyone. It, it, it's an expanded, added universe. No, it's huge. And I think that's, and, and that's the key. And that's, to be honest with you, I think that's where a lot of people, they almost get to the pinnacle, but they, they don't because of that, that last piece. Right. And it's, it, you know, and it's not ego. It's not, and, and that's the first people thing that people will go to that. It's all, it's ego, right. It's, it's this and, and, and it's that, and it's, and it's not, and it's like you said, it's, it's helping people. It's helping people get over that hump. It's helping people recognize that, you know, that they need this product or that they should be taking this type of action or that they should be, you know, reading this type of book. And it's not, it's sort of suggestive, right? Versus being like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. And, you know, you don't, no one needs to do anything at all. It's just whether or not you want to do it and you want to get there. Like, I don't need to go be at a, an Olympic equestrian person, right? Because I just have no desire to do it and that's fine. Or, but I need to be X, Y, Z, or I need to be X, Y, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's, those are some of the, you know, the biggest issues that people overcome. And I know it happens in sport. I know it happens in business. I know it happens in life and relationships. It's really understanding that and understanding your true value. And, not, and number one, number two, and if others don't value you, it might be time to move on. It might be time to move in a different direction because that doesn't make sense either. Absolutely. And I think that the, there are a couple things there that, you know, one, there's this inaccurate idea that it's a zero sum game, that we aren't somehow living in an expanding universe, that there isn't more for everyone, that somehow if I win, that takes away from someone else. When the truth is, if I win, that means that I'm helping more people win, right? Like, you can actually add to people's lives by winning. But we were brought up to think that if I win, someone else loses, okay? That, that you know, don't talk too big, don't be a braggart, don't, don't, you know, don't outshine anyone else. And yet, your shining in this world 
your doing more in this world is going to inspire and create the pathway for someone else to actually do more or, or the service that you provide is going to help someone else live their big dream and get what they want. So wow. this is awesome. We're coming up actually almost on 40 minutes here. We could probably go for another 40, but, um, Tell us a little bit about where people can find you, find out more about you, get you know some information about what you're doing because it sounds pretty cool. Okay, there are a lot of different places. I'll read them off. Perfect. Way. So we have a podcast called the Unstoppable Woman Podcast. Please go listen to that. You can find it at unstoppablewoman.com slash listen and subscribe wherever you do your podcasting. Um, we have a bunch of free resources that help with a lot of the things that we've been talking about. And you can find those at the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And some of the things that I would point people to in addition to the podcast is we have an income breakthrough training. Um, that's a bunch of short videos that totally free, take people through how to think differently about making money. Um, and then we have something called the morning mindset club which is phenomenal. It's a whole program um, and we're doing it at no charge right now so that people can have access to this whole new way of thinking. And you can get that at unstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club or at that free stuff link. And I'm on all the social media channels, follow me, all that good stuff. And there you go. Perfect. No, this was awesome. This is amazing. Thank you for your time. I love, you know, some of the key takeaways that, you know, that I took from it is sort of facing your fears, but more importantly, valuing yourself. I think that's the biggest issue that a lot of people have is, you know, what is your true value? Um, male, woman, cat, dog, whatever it is, right? You know, if you, you have to have a high value of yourself in order to be successful, but this was awesome. Thank you, Amira, for being part of it. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Appreciate it. And if anyone has any questions, comments, feedback, want to reach out to me, um, feel free to email me at kenintheexecutiveathletes.com. Make sure you subscribe wherever you would like at any of your podcast listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and more. Um, go out there, enjoy your week, make sure you're crushing it, and believe in yourself. Thanks for listening.